Okay, so I had a really clever way to open this pod up with um, fictional coaches and all that sort of stuff, but I think we really need to talk about that rest area we just stopped at about a mile back. <laughs> we're, we're pulling out of Oklahoma City. For those of you, you, we're on our way home from our road trip, right? Just watched the Oklahoma City Thunder get clobbered last night. Yes. But uh, we're on our way driving back, and we stop at uh, this uh, truck stop. Truck stop. Just that, outside it Oklahoma was a city. very populated area of the city. Like It wasn't like this is in the outskirts of town. It was like in the middle of a city. And it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I've never been in, a, in a, an establishment. How does that place not shut down? There's a lot of business going on there. <laughs> How does that place not <laughs> shut down? I think, it's, I think it's their snacks. I think <laughs> they have good snacks. <laughs> Either way, uh, our, our chauffeur, Kyle, said, I didn't even want to wash my hands in the bathroom on the way out because I thought they would be more dirty after I washed them. That's the kind of place that we just frequented. No, yeah. I'm happy with it, though, because they had wrap snacks. They have wrap snacks. So They also had food behind the counter like in the, behind the glass that looked like it was weeks old and it like just the, just looking at it made me want to throw up well and they also were selling oklahoma t-shirts yes they had a rack of t-shirts every color imaginable yeah, and said, it just said oklahoma on it oklahoma. <laughs> every color any color you can imagine oklahoma shirts. every time you look at me like i wonder what this one says it just said oklahoma, oklahoma yeah either way um I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Ryan be very awkward and not know what to do in a situation <laughs> like that. So It was um, horrible. That place is disgusting. Well, welcome to The Five. <laughs> the podcast where two middle-aged men, one whose son wishes he would yell more at his third-grade recreational basketball team, and the other whose life was formed by playing basketball under the real-life Ted Lasso, <laughs> get together and uh, discuss their list of five. So oh today on the God. pod, Ryan, what are we talking about? The five greatest fictional coaches ever. There we go. <laughs> you all know the rules. Ryan and I, uh, well, shoot, we spent the last 24 hours together thinking of our list, all this sort of stuff, having a good time. Uh, but we're going to share you here, uh, our list with you here, um, having not talked about them or uh, shared anything with it. So um, let's see where the conversation takes us. So best real life, or sorry, best fictional coaches. Yeah, not real life coaches. How do we go about this? Like what? Are, what? Are, what? Are, what was your? Uh, what was your procedure here? They have to be a character, and they have to be okay. a coach of some type of activity. What about a life coach? Okay. Okay. Good. I'm on board then. I mean, I think you're you're taking liberties with what we're doing here, but sure, if that's what you want to do, you do it. If uh, if speed is a is a um, road trip movie, then whatever you want to put on here is just fine with me. No, speed is definitely not a road trip movie. The born identity is though. No, it's definitely not. So. Um, well, let's get into this. I know we both have large lists yes, of do. honorable mentions, and I think also some dishonorable, dishonorable mentions. Yes, I have lots of dishonorable. Should we start actually. with the dishonorables? Yeah, yeah. you gonna go first? You want yeah, me to? Yeah, I have I have four. I have okay. four dishonorables. Okay. So here we go. I'm, I'm gonna see if you're gonna know where they're coming from too. Okay. okay? Yeah. Um, Morris Buttermaker. Okay. From uh, Bad um, News Bears. Bad News Bears. Okay. He was giving beer to his kids. Yeah, that's bad. Know, that's tough. Um, Chester Lee uh, from Ladies Bugs. Ladybugs. Yeah, Roddy Dangerfield. Ladybugs. Ladybugs. I'm pretty sure no. it's Ladybugs. No, it's definitely the team of the team was Ladybugs. But no, the whole point it is he gets a boy to play as a girl, yeah. so it's Ladybugs. And that kid, yeah, that kid died. That's sad. Oh, yeah. 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 Either way, it was not a very good okay. not a good performance by that coach. He was using kids. It was very transactional. I think the most obvious one, Bud Kilmer. Oh, yeah, he's on, he was a Nazi. Any Nazi coaches, <laughs> you know what? You want Nazi coaches on your list, so that's good. So I want to I know, should we stop and talk about the majesty that is Varsity Blues for a second here? We can. Varsity Blues is amazing, but I, Bud Kilmer was essentially 
a Nazi propagandist who ran the high school football program as if he were a right. And you have all the, it, the real life the, Nazi. The movie's a whole. I just love it. I don't know why I love Varsity Blues so much. It's great. Paul it was Walker's basically it. it was basically Friday Night Lights before they decided to make Friday Night Lights a movie. They just took like the same premise but it, and but said, it, okay, we're going to make this into a movie, but we're going to make it Everything was cartoonized. Yeah. Like they moved, they yeah. turned everything up to 11. Yeah. Um, and then my last one is uh, Tony D'Amato. Uh, from uh, Al Pacino and Sunday. Sunday. Okay, why him? I just, like, and, I, and I think Pacino played it the way. Sounds it, like you ate football. I don't, I don't like football. Uh, but like, and I think this is what Pacino meant to do, right? D'Amato's not supposed to be a likable character. Am I wrong in saying yeah, that? Yeah, he's supposed to be flawed. Yeah, he's, he's supposed, supposed to be, to be a, swarmy. Yeah. I, it, it just, and so he does that well. I mean, I, yeah, ugh. Who else you got for your dishonorables? I have Pete Bell from Blue Chips. Yeah, I don't like him. Uh, he but was just, hmm. he was trying to do a Bobby Knight impression that in that role Nick Nolte was, but like all he did was scream the entire movie. <laughs> like Bob Knight's thing wasn't that he just was screaming all the time. It was that he was like a powder keg that might go off anytime. Not just that he was just like, I'm going to rant like a lunatic the entire movie. Gotcha. And then he, the weird way he quit, it, it was just a strange ending to Pete Bell's career. That was a, it was a weird movie. Um, the basketball was awesome, though. Yeah, the basketball was real great. basketball guys in yeah. to do, I mean, yeah. Bobby and, Hurley was in that, right? Uh, yeah, he was. Was he on a, the other team? Yeah. Um, the, uh, the thing about that movie was that it was like they tried to cram in every problem that any college basketball program had ever had into one team good in point. one year. That's a really good point, actually. So it was like. Oh really? Every so we got point shaving, we got illegal recruiting violations, we got people taking tests for us, we've got all kinds of we just insane stuff going on right, yeah. all in one year. That That's was, a good point. Yeah. Um, and my next one was we've talked about this one on the podcast before. Is the coach from um, Finding Forrester? See, I've not seen the I've not seen the movie. Horrific okay. coach, and it was like the worst actor they could have found. I looked it up before we did this. And he didn't even have his own picture in IMDb because he was his job was over immediately. He didn't have another acting job ever because he was so bad at playing the coach on Finding Forest. Okay. Um, Sam Winters from the program. See, I remember watching the program, but I don't remember anything except that crazy guy getting pee injected into his bladder so that he could pass the test. Yes, you had that. But you also had uh, James Caan as the head coach. Is Omar Epps in that one? Yes. Okay. But James Caan is the head coach, and his he catches his – daughter is sleeping with the back quarterback and he cheats on a test she takes a test for him and then he gets suspended for the team for for these transact or transgressions obviously Uh and then he has to go in front of the board and and say what a great fine upstanding young human being this is so he can win football games gotcha so he he's got the moral integrity of a sponge but isn't that the point well yes but i'm saying he's a terrible coach gotcha okay okay um eddie Whoopi Goldberg. Eddie from Eddie? Yeah, Eddie from Eddie. And then uh, Mr. Coach Klein from Waterboy. Oh, you have him on your dishonorable mention. Yes, and here's why. He had no freaking plan other than I hope Adam Sandler shows up like a monster and just destroys everybody. He was terrified of everything. But he had no, no spine, no backbone. But he found it at the end. And he had a tattoo of Roy Orbison on his ass. But it was a redemption story. He was actually a genius, and once he got over the trauma, was he, he figured it out. Re- really? Yeah. That's we, how that one guy, the other guy, had won all those games. Was he had one trick play he came up with. He had a whole notebook of plays that right. the guy stole. Well, I'm saying he was kind of a pansy. Oh, okay. No, he's definitely a pansy. Yes. I'm on board with that. Is that it for your honorable mentions? Uh, those are my dishonorables. Oh, sorry, dishonorables. Yes. Now, I wasn't sure about this. Um, I do have this third list of coaches who I think were awesome, but they were based on real people. 
Okay. So are they not eligible for no, this? No, they're not Good, fictional. Because I didn't include them in my thing. Who are they? Like Herman Boone, um, yeah. nope. Jimmy Dugan. Uh, ew, that one's kind of I have on my honorable mentions, but that one's kind of rough because it's like a, it's like a. Was he a composite? Com- yeah, I don't know. He's not. He's not directly named after the person he's supposedly Kay. based on. And how about Irv Blitzer? Oh, is he a real person too? Yeah. Okay, I have him on my honorable mention too, but I didn't know if he was a okay. real person. I didn't know that. I didn't know Irv Blitzer was. There's, there's a man named Irv Blitzer. Who coached the Jamaican bobsled team? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'll look that one up. Okay. Okay, so honorable mentions. I got a bunch. Okay, Should go. just roll through mine? Yep. Um, Yoda. Yoda, okay. Taught Luke to be a Jedi. Sure. That's amazing. I saw that list on the internet, too. Okay. Hitch. Who? Hitch. Oh, that's stupid. No. He's a life coach. That's terrible. He got Kevin. He taught Kevin James to be confident. Yeah, that's that's terrible, but go ahead. Okay, well, he's, he's a good coach. Um, I got Bobby Finstock there, who I know is going to be on your list. Yes, he okay. is. Okay. Um, Gordon Bombay. Yeah, okay. I like Gordon Bombay, but he's problematic. Quack, 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 Mr. Duckworth. <laughs> right. Um, Jackie Moon. Uh, okay. Oh, by the way, my guess is you didn't watch the new Mighty Ducks series. I have not. Gordon not Bombay's back. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. I was really impressed with him there. Um, uh, Jackie Moon, again. Um, I bet this guy's going to be on your list, too. Mickey. Yep. Okay. Mickey Goldmill. Um, Chubbs Peterson. Yeah, he's on my honorable mentions. Okay. Um, George Knox. Yeah, he's on my own mentions. From oh, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield. And uh, it was um, uh, Danny Glover. Yep. And yep. then Straight Arrow, Ed Gennaro. From Necessary Roughness. Necessary Roughness. That was a good one. Okay. So he's like the opposite of the James Conn character. Yeah, he's like, I'm so principled that I'm hurting my team. Doing the- <laughs> yes. Yes. There we go. Okay. Who else is on your honorable mentions? Uh, on honorable mentions. I don't even know what his name was, but the guy from Bull Durham. Okay. He goes, you know what that makes you? Larry Lollygaggers. You know that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that guy's great. Um, the assistant coach in Days the Confused. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm talking about? The guy's yeah. like the most stereotypical high school coach ever uh-huh. with the with the pole, with the high shorts and uh-huh. the high socks and the shoes and the hat and everything. He's like, don't go around chasing them up around all summer. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like that that guy was great. Uh-huh. Uh, Romeo from Tin Cup. Okay. Cheech Marin. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Dolan, not Jimmy Dugan, from the air up there. Yep, I love Jimmy Dolan. Yeah, he's on my list. Uh, Uchi, oh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uchiyama. This, Uchiyama. Yeah, from Mr. Baseball. Like Uchiyama. Yeah, Coach from Cheers. <laughs> okay. Uh, who was the original character, original cast member in the TV show Cheers, and then he, the, the actor, died, and they had to write Woody Harrelson in as new bartender. Um. Chubbs Peterson, I have Herb Blitzer, George Knox, Hayden Fox from the TV show Coach. Okay, I was unsure about this one because I was he a good coach? I don't remember. Yeah, it's hard to know, right? Because it was just you never saw him coaching football ever. Like right? He was just hanging out with yeah, Dauber and, and Luther. Yeah, in the, in the office. Yeah. We, that show was all time. They didn't mean to bring back coach. Uh and then By the way, had, did that end poorly when he went became a professional football? Yeah, when he became like Miami coach or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was weird. Uh Jimmy Dugan and Mr. Miyagi. Oh, my first honorable mention off my list. First off, I, I couldn't get him on. You know, okay. he's amazing. Okay, there you go. That brings us to our list. Yes. Okay, I think you get to go first this time, buddy. The fifth greatest fictional coach of all time. Tire World. Is this Lou Brown? Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
Lou, how would you like to manage the Cleveland Indians this Give year? Give them the heater, Ricky. Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? This is a chance to manage in the big leagues. <laughs> Let me think it over, will you? Charlie, I got a guy in the other line about some white walls. I'll talk to you later. Lou Brown was an all-timer. Okay. He was he was king of the understated coaching statement. Okay. Like he was just he never got his he never got excited about anything. He, this is why I hated Major League Two because the whole premise was around Major League Two is that he was like his heart problems. But like the whole point of Major League One was that he was like so nonplussed by anything that was going on, right? Uh-huh. So um, the tire world seems amazing. The the part when he pulls out Dorn's contract and just pees on it when he just says he doesn't do any unnecessary calisthenics. Uh-huh. That part's incredible. Lou Brown was he went from working at Tire World to coaching the pennant winning Cleveland Indians. So this is interesting because talking about the role of baseball managers as a whole, there, there's nothing else like it, am I right? I mean Yeah. You're not really you're not doing that much direct you're not instruction, doing anything, right? Yeah, it's just it's it's not it's like here's our managing personalities. Yes. Oh well there's that. A you little got, bit, but you got really? a bit plan like who's gonna hit in this situation, that situation, who are you bring in in the in the seventh and But what is it? Is it like I'm I'm feel I got a feeling about I got a feeling uh, about it's all Ricky. statistic of data you get. And maybe a little bit of that, but yeah. Still gotta manage people. It's just such a weird like it's gotta be. What the are we least... talking about? This is Lou Brown. Okay. Lou Brown was all time baseball manager. Like it's gotta be the least stressful sport to the fact that there are four right? better coaches than Lou Brown means this list is fire. Okay. Lou Brown is all time. Okay. Nope. I, I can see that a little bit, but I have a heart. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Ready? Number, number five. Or you're number five. My number five, Danny O'Shea. Uh, from uh, Little Giants. From Little Giants. Danny was the little brother. Little brother. Okay. He's got a little bit of Coach Klein. Rick being, Moranis. He's, he's a genius. He understands it. But his older brother. No, he's got Icebox. That's what he's got. No, he's. He's, he's got his daughter Icebox, who's a badass. She is. She is badass. Yeah. And they got that one kid who comes up with possibly the best play. Who's from Kansas history. City? That kid is? Yeah, the kid with the snot bubble. The kid yeah. was from Kansas City. No, the kid. Oh, no, no, there's the different kid kids. Made the, the, the yeah, yeah, you're right. But the kid with the snot bubble. Yeah, he was I, knew, from I knew he was from Kansas yeah. City. He with the Blue Valley North, I think. I think right? so, yeah. No, the annexation of Puerto Rico is what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Here, here's the deal. I'm, this is gonna, you're going to find this theme amongst all my list of coaches here. Yeah. Right? I'm going to keep using this term transformational as compared to transactional because I see coach, the role of coach is in a larger role than just winning games or whatever. It's transforming people's lives, which is why Hitch was on my, uh, on my uh, honorable mentions here. Okay. And so Danny O'Shea was able to make a competitive team that was designed to that, that was they were trying to win while still being transformative in the lives of his players and he is transformative in the lives of the town and of his his older brother his his opposition Danny O'Shea was inspirational in what he did and he did it the right way young Ed O'Neill yeah it was yeah. good I like it that and by the way I will stand by Little Giants that is a very underrated movie yeah it was in it there was in the prime of kids sports movies yes i agree is that that was the 93 to 95 was like just bangers every year right, of kids yep. sports movies right yeah. in there was sandlot and oh yeah air bud rookie of the year oh, little the big year. league Ooh, the mighty dog big league was a good one too. yeah that there's they're everywhere they're right. all over the place um yeah so i'm a big fan of danny o'shea number five on my list ladybugs was another one in there ladies bugs no it was definitely not ladies bugs ladies bugs uh number four it was a ladies team number four what do you got? It's one you referenced earlier, and we can have this conversation now if you need to. Okay. Ted Lasso. 
Okay, Ted Lasso is on my list as my number two. Most unique fictional coach. Okay, let's, yeah, we're going to have to, we have to unpack. Because okay. he's coaching the wrong sport in the wrong country, and he goes against every assumption you'd make about him and, when and, you first and, meet him. And yeah. it starts with this whole major league idea, right? Yeah. It's the same premise, right? An the, owner the, that the, wants to... The, the owner is... Submarine the team. Yeah, the, the, the widow or ex... Of the, the former owner yes. now wants to destroy, destroy the team yeah. and bring in a goofball coach, just like Lou Brown. Right. Same role as Lou Brown mm-hmm. to bring the team down. Instead, all he does is make it awesome. So, oh boy, there. I feel like a book needs to be written about this, like twenty years from now. About what? Like about- why Ted Lasso blew up so big at this moment of time? Well, let's talk about that. Okay. One, our personal connection to this is that Jason Sudeikis was from Kansas City again. He went to my high school, Shawnee Mission West, mm-hmm. played for the same basketball coach as I did, who pr- has been propagandized <laughs> as the basis for this character. And every time I see that or see like another article about it or another interview about him or whatever, I want to pull all my hair out. That's a that was a joke. Gotcha. Uh, and mustache hair. It. Is infuriating because I can't even. My buddies and I will talk about this all the time on our text. And we go, can you imagine what the reaction would have been in 1999 if we would have said the words mental health to the, our coach at the time? He, I mean, I don't even know what he, he would have laughed us out of the gym. He'd been like, Man, you know, and he would have made a joke out of it and made it like put, he would like put the words mental health mockingly up on the locker room, like, like this is, are you kidding me with this? Uh-huh. Get out of here with this nonsense. So, I don't see any similarities between this person, our my and former Ted coach, Lasso. and Ted Lasso. So Zero. That leads to – so I wonder if – because by all accounts, it sure seems like Jason Sudeikis is a stand-up guy. Yeah. And so I wonder – he's got to be completely aware of this as well. But he now he's be, in this right? world where he doesn't want to throw somebody under the bus and speak poorly yeah. of him. Now he can't just be like, yeah, this right. is all nonsense. So when you yeah. – he- you, knowing what we know – about the basis, real life basis for this coach. When you watch interviews, when they ask Sudeikis about it, if you watch the words he's using, he really isn't speaking well. He's very careful. Of his coach. Yeah, he's very careful about it. Yes, and that's why that Good Morning America uh, uh, segment where they actually brought in the coach yeah. by Saturday was so interesting because it's kind of like they surprised Sudeikis with this, and he handled it well because he seems like a good dude. But either way, so ridiculous. There's our connection. But why has this, why has this captured people? Because it totally captured me and my wife. It needed. There's a story that needed to be told. There's a story about um, first impressions versus, you know, what what lies there under the surface. And everybody's first, even when you start watching the show, what you originally think you're going to get is so different from what the show ends up being. Right. Yes. That that's that's why the show grows it on you. Becomes so wholesome. Yeah, it's completely wholesome. It's so. I think. I, I think the scene that encapsulates this the most is the is the dart scene, when he's playing darts against the old owner. Yeah. And he has that sign. The the I can't. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it incorrectly, but the quote is where he says that something along the lines of you know. Be he curious. Wants people to be curious. Yeah. Because you looked at me and you had no curiosity about who yeah. I was or how much I played or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like that. That is exactly who Ted Lasso is. Yeah, he wants to know everybody, and he wants to know them on a deeper level. And that impact it, it impacts everyone around him. It's like a it's a dream of how like that's just what I it's kind of what I want to be, right? Now, yeah, I agree. The coaching part of it. Why is he your number four? 
Um, th- this is a re- it's 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 hard to call him the greatest coach of all time just mm-hmm. because you don't really get to see him do much instruction. It's all managing of the right. personalities, Good right? Point. You, like yes. you don't really know. He admits multiple times he didn't know Jack about soccer. He doesn't know the offsides rule, all this all this right. stuff that he's talking about as he goes through the thing. But he does. Like the, my favorite part of the show so far was when he put the little Green Army man and he sent it to Jamie at the end. Uh-huh. And it was like way to make the extra pass. That part was that was my favorite part. So mm. that's him managing people and showing, like you said before, that even though Jamie's not in his team anymore, his relationship with him wasn't transactional. Right. Because it didn't matter that he was now on the other team. He just beat him with that play to win the game, and he was still right. saying, "Good job, you did. I'm proud of you," and move forward. It's just so, like, and they even address this right. Beard in the first season yells at him about like the idea that these are professionals and we should be trying to win these yeah. aren't kids and that whole type of thing so it just i don't know i just they're okay i i'm trying to start to talk about the show now I should only talk about the coach as a coach he is so he seems to give freedom to his players to do what they can do well and he steps he's not overbearing he inspires everyone around him and he doesn't he's not vindictive Right, he has every reason to do that. I'm excited for spoilers for season three to see the interaction between him and Nate. Yeah, right, the coach that screwed him and then left and took a job. You know, that that part bummed me out. I, you love yes. Nate so much at the end of season one, and by the end of season two, you're like, screw this yeah, guy. Right. Yeah, but um, either way, as a as a coach, I you would just love to be around him, right? Yes, he would make you love him. My favorite quote from the from the whole show so far. I can't. I'm not gonna be able to repeat it right because it was a long quote. Mm-hmm. But it was the 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 team psychologist. Yeah. I can't doc. He just calls her doc, and says she's complaining to somebody on the phone about him. And she's like, I can't believe I'm stuck working with this 40 year old man who deals with his emotions by making pop culture references all day long. And I was like, <laughs> I never, never, um, like related anything more than that in my life. So th- there we are. Okay. Yeah. Ted Lasso. You're number four. My number two. Okay. Okay. My number four. Um, Jimmy Dolan. From there up there. There up there. I okay. love this movie. Jimmy Dolan, Shake and Bake. And I'm sure nobody listening to this knows this movie. Just the three people in this car. Came out like the same month as Blue Chips. Really? Yeah, I remember they both came out at like the exact same time. So we got this guy, Jimmy Dolan, right? He's, Sanka. He's the assistant. Oh, no, not Sanka. So, so what's his name? Sa- Sanka? That's cool. Running yeah, that's mom. What, what's the What's the. Um, Saleh. Sale, yeah, Sale. Sale. yeah, that's what his name so was. So he's the assistant coach for this major college basketball program in the U.S. And he gets it's it's like a it's like a Giannis type of film, right? Of yeah. this guy in Africa playing yeah. basketball who's just dominating, and nobody wants to take it seriously because it's you know for whatever reason it's grainy. It's like oh, the, who knows who, knows who he's playing? Whatever. Yeah. So Dolan takes a shot to go find him, and he's got to go on this because he's been like. What's what's the word I'm looking for? He's been publicly shamed yes. for whatever. He's 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 been he's out of his he's he's on the rocks in right. the coaching profession. So yeah. he goes to Africa and it's just awesome. They they have a, I got to show this to my son. He would love this show, um, but we can't find it. Uh, that that leads me to a story uh, that I want to tell about this movie. Uh, Kyle and I, when we were coaching freshmen, we decided we wanted to show this movie to our students, really, and uh, like just for a movie night or whatever to our players, and we. I could not find this anywhere. I couldn't find hard copies of it. I couldn't find it wasn't streaming on anything. I could not find it anywhere. Eventually, I just downloaded it 
from some Russian website or something because we couldn't find Sounds it right. anywhere. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming our students would all be very th- – those kids would, would say it was a meaningful experience. I don't know. I loved it. Jimmy Dolan, here's the reason why I like him. How long ago was that? How long ago was that? Coaching freshman. So yes. Almost not, maybe like not 10 eight, years Eight, nine ago, years, yeah. something like that. Anyway, so Jimmy Dolan goes to Africa, and he's there to – because this guy, he thinks this guy's going to save his career, right? And he thinks, Sole. I'm going to change your life, Sally, by having you come do this. So it's going to be this, like it, – it's 100% transactional. Like, it's a, he's a college coach, which I understand, right? But he goes there, and he asks he – is, he is legitimately changed by his experience with Saleh and Saleh's tribe and family. And then it, it's – I know it's, it's cliche and probably a little hokey, but the idea that, that, that Jimmy Dolan changed. Saleh didn't change. But Jimmy's experience with him changed who he was. And I, I hope, like, as long as I coach, I want that kind of experience to be something that – that would be my ideal, right? That I want to be changed by my interaction with my players the same way that he was. And so the fact that he was open and curious and able to let that happen, I think that makes him awesome. Okay. So I'm a big fan of Jimmy Dolan. I, I am and too. He's on my own he, he goes on that, like, ritual and – it wasn't a circumcision. Do they just get cut first, in the abdomen? First, you think I go left. Oh. So I show you left. Then you think I go right, so I show you right. Jimmy Dolan shake and bake. Jimmy Dolan shake and bake. That's what he's known for, the shake and bake. I love. He was doing it long before Talladega Nights. So Jimmy Dolan, the air up there. If you can find it, the yeah. movie is worth watching. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you think that's disappeared? I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I could buy the rights to it. Maybe to stream it. Kevin Bacon, classic. Uh, I don't. Whatever happened to the Sale actor? You think? Do you I ever have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. We have to look him up. Uh, all right, number three. Number three. How this is how fire this list is. How is this guy number number one? Mickey Goldmilk. Uh, okay, go for it. Let's hear it. Okay, Mickey is the first one that has to come to mind when you think of this list, right? He may not be your number one, but when you say fictional coaches, go. Mickey from Rocky has to be like your first thought. Immediately, is it not? Was it not? It was. It was not for me. Wow, Mickey is the quintessential fictional coach. He was Rocky's trainer, and in Rocky One, which is the most renowned of the Rocky movies, he's really the one that goes through the change, right? Like he is the one who's he's out on Rocky. He thinks he's a bum. He thinks he's a lazy, Mm -hmm. you know what? And he doesn't like his life decisions. So there's that scene where Rocky, have you ever watched, I mean, have you watched Rocky recently? Not recently. It's really slow. Yes. It's really slow, but it, it, it builds the crescendo towards the end, but it, it's slow getting there. But the scene where Mickey goes and says he needs to, you know, he wants to train him for his fight with Apollo and Rocky, you know, tells him to, you know, piss off and he starts screaming at him. You want to throw it on Nuja, you want to throw it on Nuja. And as Mickey's like walking lonely down the street and Rocky's still screaming at him out of his, uh-huh. out of his apartment, that part gets me every time. And the fact that by Rocky Three, when Mickey dies, spoiler alert, you get Rocky just like crying like a that that first of all that scene's laughably like wrong. The, the performance? Well, no, no, the performance is great, but like, where are the paramedics? Why don't they call somebody? Uh, somebody get in here. We're just gonna let this old man die on this table. Like that's what's gonna happen, really? That's not how that would go. But <laughs> Rocky Five, you get you get he's back. And you get him in that one scene where that dream sequence where he's in Rocky, you know, when he's looking at his old. I do not remember Rocky Five at all. What? 
Rocky Five. We've talked about this on the podcast before. There's the scene where he goes back into the. He, he's fighting uh, Tommy Morrison. On the Tommy street, Gun. right? Yeah. But before that, he goes back into the Mickey's gym and he like remembers Mickey and you get like this scene of Mickey having like this speech giving okay. his talk to Rocky where it's like so he talks about his cufflinks that he got from um, Rocky Marciano and how Rocky Marciano gave him this cufflink and now I'm giving it to you you don't know you don't know yeah you do we've talked about it on the, it was like one of our things we've talked about on the podcast before get nope it's great Mickey is the first one that came to mind I had to talk myself out of not having him number one why is he a good coach because he takes the biggest underdog of all time and leads him to being the world heavyweight champion of the world. I said world heavyweight champion of the world. The heavyweight champion of the world. And he's not transactional. He learns that lesson just like you talked about at the very beginning and it becomes a fatherly relationship. Okay. Yeah, it's just just foreign to me. Foreign? Yeah, the idea of, because I've never boxed, I don't understand that sort of thing, right? He teaches him how to chase a chicken. I don't think he teaches him how to chase a chicken. He shows him how to get fast by chasing chickens. Yeah. It was like his version of wax on, wax off. Chase his chicken. <laughs> okay, my number three. My number three is Uchiyama. Ah, I had him on my own. I show. like Uchiyama. So, talk about another abstract out there movie. Uh, he was a liar. What? He was a liar. He was. He was a giant liar. But it's redemption. Is he, it so? So here's the deal. So Mr. Baseball, 1992. Tom Selleck is a wash-up major league player, and the only chance he's got to still play baseball is in the Japanese league. Can you believe that was 30 years ago now? Jesus. Anyway, so Crazy. Tom Selleck goes to goes to Japan. Is playing on a team with Serrano. The Dragons. And Uchiyama is his manager. Now Uchiyama is his manager under an intense amount of pressure from, I guess the. The ownership? The ownership yeah, of the league. Yeah. I mean, it is like, and apparently he thinks that getting Tom Selleck's, uh, uh over there to play for him is like, that's, it's, his job is on the line based upon this decision. Yeah. And so he's like this, what you would traditionally guess of like, you know, staunch, you know, not showing any, you know, like really stoic Japanese guy, you know, and he's like, he, he butts heads. Right with Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck's like in the movie, you know, baseball's supposed to be fun, and Uchiyama's like, no, we're supposed to win, blah blah blah. Now, of course, Tom Selleck ends up dating Uchiyama's daughter. Yeah, which he's un- he doesn't know when he starts dating her, but and lies to Tom Selleck about the fact that he can't speak English. Yes, the whole time, right? Yeah, but that's a valid point, right? Like Uchiyama's like, why should I speak English? You're the one that moved my country. Right? I see this point. Well, okay, it, we'll I, just say I'm not going to speak English, even though I know it. So. The point is, by the end, he has been changed by his relationship with his players. Okay? They end up winning, I guess, the pennant. Was it the pennant? I don't know. They win whatever it is, and he's been changed. You know, he's cheering in the dugout now, all this sort of stuff. And his relationship with his daughter has been rectified because of his experience. And when you think about it, this guy taking this chance, breaking not just his desires for his career, but also the cultural norms of the time. I mean, he was like a baby boomer from Japan, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that, the, the, uh, for lack of a better term, the courage to be able to do that, it just, it's striking to me. It's amazing to me. So it's, it's a story of transformation, both Tom Selleck and Uchiyama and the relationship between the two. I'm a big fan of Uchiyama. 
Tom Selleck was a jerk in that movie. Yeah, he was. He was but I think he was jerk. supposed to be a jerk. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah. But I'm just saying, they, they, they almost overdid it. They made him almost unlikable. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was hard to get him back at one point. I'm just, I'm just, um, I, I like seeing, I hope when I'm, I don't know, 56 years old and managing a baseball team, that I would still be willing to change and open myself up to different ideas from foreign baseball players. My favorite part of that movie is when the Yankees call Tom Selleck and say that, they, you know, they tell him he's, they've traded him to Japan and he's not playing anymore. Uh-huh. And Tom Selleck's really mad and he defends himself and he gives this insane obscure stat and he goes, I'll have you know <laughs> that I led this team in ninth inning triples in the month of August. <laughs> it's really good. And they're all like, what? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. It's a good movie to watch. I'm a fan of it. When I taught my Asian studies class, I used to show that movie in class. Really? Back when yeah. we used to show movies in class. Yeah. So, okay, that's my number three. What do you got for number two? My number two is the one that was most influential to me as a kid. Okay. And this is Norman Dale. I I really debated about. He's my number six. I don't think I'm. I, I'm. I'm. Let me hear your case. I'm curious of this. He was the most influential fictional coach to me as a kid because Hoosiers was my favorite, favorite, favorite movie when I was a kid. Right, and I rewatched it a ton. That was one of the yeah. movies I would watch over and over right. and over. And what I, now when I watch it as an adult, his tactics weren't that savvy or savvy. Right? It was yes. just all his presence. It was just his steadiness. Uh, it was just how he was going to carry himself. It was just his steadfastness that carries the movie, right? Without it, without Gene Hatman being just the, the steady as a rock okay. character through even controversy that he creates intentionally, right? then you don't have the movie. Like, the whole movie's about him just looking adversity in the eye and punching it in the face. That's, gosh, that's the whole movie. That's a really good description. Yeah. That's the whole movie. And it was it was great. I, I love Norman Dale. Gene Hackman was one of my favorite actors of all time. After that movie, everything else he was in, I had to, like, you know, like Crimson Tide, stuff like that, I had to eat up, too, because he was just so good at what he did. So, God, is... He was influential to me because he was like the, he was like the, he was what I wish Bobby Knight could have been. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like, I wish Bobby Knight just wasn't princi- a prick. The principled, yeah. hard, yeah. like, yeah. In, in tough, flex, inflexible not, when he needed to be inflexible. Yes. Right. But, but, but not a, not abusive and, and, right. and. Well, he was abusive, right? That's the story, right? Well. This it, is his second chance. Yes. Yes. It is redemption. Yes. He wasn't, he wasn't um, emotionally or psycho- psychologically abusive though. He was just he had a temper. That's interesting. Like I'm trying to. That's right. I, I don't know. It's 1950s. The basketball. story of him rescuing Shooter is one of my right. favorite plot lines of any sports movie ever. That's really good. You're yeah. right. Yeah. You're. And then the way he deals with that with the with yeah. with Shooter's son. Yeah. And how he gets himself kicked out of the game on purpose so he can find success. And everything his about speech, it's great. How about, and how about his speech when they start chanting, we want Jimmy at the first pep rally? Yeah. He's like, this is your this team. Is your, right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. He's great. He is fantastic. Great. I mean, the speech he gives to Jimmy when she thinks that he's out there recruiting Jimmy and he's right. just like, I don't care if you play on the team or not, and just walks away. Right. You can tell he's somebody that comes in and says, I'm here 100% for these kids. Yeah. Like, that's my, my job is. Yeah. I'll and love, I'm, nothing I'll else is going to. Normandale. Yeah. You've convinced me. He should have been on my list. He's an all timer. That's a mistake on mine. That's. Instead yeah. of who? It would have bumped. It would have bumped Danny O'Shea. Mm. Okay, but yeah, that's that's a good point. I'm curious. By the way, thinking of this, because now I've, I've 
discovered two movies I think like I need to show my son who's sports obsessed right now. He hasn't seen Hoosiers yet? No, because... Can I, I be there when we do it? You want to watch Hoosiers? Yes! Okay. We'll yes. watch Hoosiers together. All right. Because I'm curious to see if it holds up to a nine-year-old oh, it totally in 2021. Does. Well, I guess I don't know. I'm. Yes, I think it will. Okay. I think it will. Because I know he's going to love Little Giants. Because it's zany, right? Yeah. But Hoosiers, like, it's a The, the opening scene of Hoosiers gets me every time. When you see the headlights in the distance and then the music starts playing softly and it's just that slow drive into this small. Ah. It just tells you everything you know about what the setting of this movie is going to be, this okay. small town Indiana in the 50s. It's just great. I love that okay. opening scene. Yes. Um, okay. And that brings us. Wait, was that your number two? Yep. My number two is Ted Lasso. So it gets us to our number ones. Okay. Okay. Recap. Uh, you, what do you got? Recap. Lou Brown from Major League. Ted Lasso here, of Ted Lasso. Mickey Goldmill of from Rocky. Rocky's trainer. And Norman Dale, the head basketball coach in Hoosiers. Okay, and I got Danny O'Shea from Little Giants. Jimmy Dolan, the air up there. Shake and bake. Jimmy Dolan. Uchiyama from Mr. Baseball. And Ted Lasso from Ted Lasso. Bringing us to our number ones. Who's your number one? Everyone knows who my number one is. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love this guy. The oh. legend, Coach Bobby Finstock from the movie <laughs> Teen Wolf, who brought us such jewels of coaching wisdom. Like, there are three rules that I live by. Never get less than 12 hours of sleep. Never play cards with a guy who has the same first name as a city. And never get involved with a woman with a tattoo of a dagger on her body. Now you stick with that, and everything else is cream cheese. Jeez. Or, look, Scott, I know what you're going through. A couple of years... Uh, a couple of years back, a kid came to me much the same way you're coming to me right now, saying the same things you're saying. He wanted to drop off the team. His mother was a widow, all crippled up. She was scrubbing floors. She had this pin in her hip, so he wanted to drop basketball and get a job. Now, these were poor people. These were hungry people with real problems. Understand what I'm saying? What happened to the kid? I don't know. He quit. He was a third <laughs> stringer. I didn't need him. <laughs> or, oh. or, well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is it? Gambling? Drugs? You know, I'd really like to help, but I'm kind of tapped out this month. The IRS is coming down on me like it's some personal vendetta against Bobby Finstock. <laughs> no, this this is what I think. This is how I view your relationship with your high school basketball coach. Not Ted Lasso. Yes. <laughs> this is what your coach would say in these situations. It doesn't matter how you play the game. It's whether you win or lose. And even that doesn't make that much difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bobby Finstock. Uh, well, Christ, Thorne, look at the sneakers those guys are wearing. If our guys had sneakers like that, there's no telling them what they could do. Oh, <laughs> Bobby Finstock is the most unexpectedly hilarious movie character of all time. He does not belong in the movie he's in. He yes. steals the movie. The rest of the movie is just whatever. It's Teen yeah. Wolf. It's a it's a it's a werewolf playing basketball. You're like, okay, it I'm really semi entertained by this. He's yes, a hidden gem. But he is stu- this hilarious. Hilarious! He's like one of the, if we made this list of like the five funniest movie characters ever, he would be on my honorable mention at least. Okay. Because this this guy was just perfect. So let me ask you this question: I mean, obviously Bobby Finstock was the perfect coach to have Teen Wolf land on his team. Yes. How would the other coaches on your list have dealt if Teen Wolf showed up for their? I think thing? Ted Lasso would have been just fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, Norman Dale essentially did. Jimmy Chitwood was essentially Teen Wolf. Okay. I mean, they're basically the same character as Scott. You want to go do a play? Yeah. I'm okay with He's that. He's like, I'll make it. He's like, all right, clear the floor. Get the ball, Jimmy, at the top of the key. That's essentially what happened, okay. right? 
And then Mickey would have ridden that all the way to the bank, right? He would have been taking – I mean, Rocky was <laughs> – sure. And Lou Brown, I mean, I don't know if there's if there's he anybody – kind of is could, Bobby Finstock. Right, he was bit. essentially yeah. like, I, let's have him steal all the bases and we'll win every game, right? So, yeah, I think all of them would have handled, okay. handled just fine. But Kay. Bobby Finstock was the most out-of-left-field hilarious movie character that ever lived. <laughs> there's got to be other examples of things like that. But it's just not coming to my mind. My like, point is that Bobby like, Finstock didn't even fit in the movie. Like, his humor was so like, like if you awesome. Talk, if you talk about Bill Simmons, like, Dion Waiters Award. Yeah. Like, oh, he's yeah, the quintessential. He's, the, he's, he's like the all-timer. Like, there's nobody that's ever touched this of just, where, what is this? Why is this guy in this movie? Why is he so hilarious? Because he's got what? We need our own Bobby Finstock movie. He's got what, like, 12 lines yeah, maybe, maybe in the movie? And I read you, like, six of them right there. Oh. They're Bobby amazing. Bobby Finstock. Yep. Yep. I can feel that. Okay. My number one, of who I think is the greatest coach of all time, is Mr. Miyagi. I know he was your first off your list. Yes. And, I mean, it's – I don't know what to say about Mr. Miyagi. He didn't say much either. Right? Which, part, partly, I really enjoy. Uh, was it okay that he beat up a bunch of high school kids? 100%. Okay. That's uh, one reason why I, 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 I respect Mr. Miyagi. Kick the holy shit out of a bunch of high school kids. Right. And that's fine? That's cool. I'm okay with it. It was the 80s. Okay. The 80s. <laughs> Like the idea of of him, like, and, and there's no even like, there's there's no skill. It's he doesn't even need a redemption journey in this, right? He's just an old dude who's got his cars, and he sees this kid, and he just the relationship built between them is just phenomenal. Yeah. How he always knows exactly what to say, but and not he can barely a, speak English, but not in the way yeah. that makes it about him. Yeah. Like. It's all Daniel, like LaRusso. Like I, when I think about that as a coach, the coaches that I coach against that bother me are the ones that are the, the like the Dabo Sweeney's of the world. I'm going to sprint out in front of my team down the middle of the football field because this is about me type of thing. Were that you, really bothers me. And I think Miyagi is the antithesis of that, of I'm going to help my athletes do what he get so that he can do what he wants to do. And it's all about him, and I'm going to be fine just being in the in the background supporting this. I just think that's amazing. Uh, do you think that you could make Karate Kid today? Uh, the relationship Jackie between Chan Mr. Did. Miyagi, the, the relationship between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel Larusso now mm. immediately gets flagged, right? You think so? Yes, because like like one scene, mm. Mr. Miyagi's reminiscing about his his dead wife, and he's just getting hammered. And Daniel LaRusso is like putting oh. his, his hammered uncle to sleep. Like, hey, <laughs> right, yeah. you sleep this one off, Mr. Miyagi. Like, I don't know huh. if that's going to fly these days. Or like, it's, the, it's, it's like the Marty McFly, Doc Brown thing. He's just Why the giving hell him cars. Yeah, Why just, the hell is Marty McFly right. hanging out with Doc Brown? Right. It's the same thing with uh. Mr. Miyagi, right? Like, I'm sure he helped him and he was helpful, but I don't know if they become, I don't know. I guess the karate angle, for sure. I mean, it's called Karate Kid, but the, that he helps him with karate helps. But it's not... Like, oh, he's my go-to human on the planet now? It just strikes mm-hmm. me as a little odd. And he's giving him cars. He doesn't have a son. He turns into his son. Okay. It All makes right. sense to me. I'm he was just okay waiting for this kid from New Jersey to show up at his apartment complex so he could teach him karate. That was what was going on? It's amazing. It was a great movie. It's one of my all-time favorites, too. Mr. Miyagi is phenomenal. He is great. I'll just leave it with that. Okay. Um, Wait, you know what I'm really proud of for us? What? Is we got we talked about Mr. Miyagi twice, and not one of us said "wax on, wax off" and did oh. the impression. That's good. good yeah, I know. We're 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 woke. We're woke. That's what it is. 
Okay, so uh, it's time of the program to hand it off to uh, our own Mr. Tony Reale again <laughs> and see uh, any any errors or anything we missed here. So uh, here to our chauffeur uh, is uh, Kyle. Uh, the only thing I'd like to do is give a shout-out to the coach in Airbud, whose best player was a golden retriever and still won the city championship. That's it. That's all you had. Can't really argue with that. I don't even. I don't know who the coach was in there, but and he's very much like a Miyagi. Like get out of the way and let your guy do his thing. Like, just support like him Bobby in the way Finstock. you need to. Like Bobby Finstock. Okay, that's right. So okay. Um, well, man, what do we take away from this? Uh, I want to know who we forgot. I want people to tell us who we forgot. That's a good question. I don't know who we did forget. There's probably going to be some out there that was like, you didn't mention, and I'm gonna be like, oh, we didn't mention. Good point. Yeah. Like, is there... There's so many sports like, movies out there. I wonder if people were going to bring up Daniel Stern from Rookie of the Year. No, he was barely a coach. Okay, whatever. He was like the equipment manager. Right. Um, or they're going to bring up... I'm trying to think of some other really good sports movies that you can... Gordon Bombay was one. That was a good one. What about the... We should have had um, the... What's his name? The the evil coach from um, Mighty Ducks on our dishonorable mentions. The Iceland... Oh, no, the old guy. The yeah, Hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hawks coach. Whatever his name was. I can't remember what his name... I don't remember his name. Somebody will remind us, but yeah, yeah, he was pretty. He was pretty. Yeah, pretty obnoxious. I can't yeah. name any other really good know. ones. I think we're good. We're good. Okay. Well, I will say this: as for our, I mean, shoot, what's what's it going to end up being? Just a thirty-six? Hour, no, it's not even. It's like a thirty-six hour road trip, right? Down to watch some basketball, come yep. back up. I would say this is a success. Yep. The the mobile podcasting, I think. Is okay. Yeah, it was fine. We'll I'm see not, how it listen, we see I, how it sounds. I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling carsick. I'm ready to have some of my um, rap snacks. Have some rap this. snacks. Have some rap snacks. Um, but uh, hopefully you don't get malaria. <laughs> malaria. Okay. Catch rap malaria from my from, rap snacks. From that place that you from bought your rap stop. snacks. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I trust it. Rap snacks. Bo- little boozies. Little boozies. Rap snacks. So, um, <laughs> hey, as always, thanks for spending time with us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.